Welcome back to Headline Monday. This is the Stuttering Sports Podcast, and I'm your host, Spencer. What Headline Monday is, is I go through all the headlines that I pick out from Sunday's action. And yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. So without further ado, let's get right into it with the first topic I have on my list. And that is Lamar Jackson continues to struggle. In the last three games, Lamar Jackson has thrown for 202 passing yards per game with three total touchdowns and two interceptions. During during the last four games, the Ravens have gone one and three and fallen out of the playoff picture, now sitting at the eighth seed in the AFC. We all know that Lamar Jackson was never a great thrower, and they are a rush-first offense. We all knew that, but Baltimore needs their passing game to step up desperately because it is costing them games when they play very talented teams. Lamar Jackson has not thrown for 250 yards this season, with the exception of Week 1, and has only rushed for 100 yards one time this season. He simply needs to step his numbers up. Now, obviously without Hayden Hurst, with with Mark Ingram regressing, and now with Ronnie Stanley out for the season, I did not expect him to be on the same MVP level as last season, but the offense definitely needs some retooling this offseason. Fucking... Fucking obviously, you should not get rid of Lamar Jackson. He is still ultra talented. He is still hyper athletic. He is still one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL because because the moment you give him a pocket of space to run through, he he will take that and run with it for a touchdown. So, but the offense does need another receiver because Marquise Brown is simply not cutting it. And Des Bryant, I'm glad to see he's back on the field, but he should not be back on the field when you're trying to make a playoff run. Marquise Brown's cool and all, but is he a number one receiver? Fuck no. They need another one. They they need another running back or or potentially if J.K. Dobbins does develop, then maybe he can just be a pure number one back and have Gus Edwards be the backup. But but as of right now, it's looking like they need another running back with Mark Ingram regressing, and they need another tight end so they can be more unpredictable. Because with last season, when they had the three tight end sets with Boyle, Andrews, and Hurst, they were very unpredictable, especially when it came to the red zone. And now with Boyle injured and Hurst traded, they've become super predictable. Lamar Jackson simply does not have the arm to only have one tight end. Their offense needs to be more creative. Lamar Jackson needs to step up his game if they want to be back in the playoff race. We all know he's still a phenomenal athlete. I simply will not question his ability to make plays, but simply the Ravens offense relies on his big plays and their star quarterback is not doing that right now. What we saw on Sunday though was the Titans. After Derrick Henry for three quarters was not really doing much, when Derrick Henry finally turned it on was when the Titans sparked that comeback. And that A.J. Brown touchdown was incredible that he broke like four tackles. That is what the Titans are about. They they play that physical style of football. They just need 
they just need some more weapons on offense to really embrace that role because obviously with the best pure running back in the nfl in derrick henry he he is very physical they have the big boy in john U. smith at tight end they have the massive boy at aj brown at wide receiver one i mean corey davis is also a very good wide receiver too but if they can throw in another wide receiver there and just improve their offensive line, then this offense would be a top five offense. Derrick Henry looked great during that fourth quarter. I don't, I, I will give the Ravens defense all the credit in the world for like containing Henry for those three quarters, but eventually they had to get tired. And that's, and then that's when Derrick Henry took over the game. So I put it more on to Lamar Jackson. I think he has the weight of the world on his shoulders right now. Then he just didn't really progress from last season. I definitely don't think he regressed at all. I get the stats may say that, but you got to think. Last season, they had Mark Ingram. They had they had both Nick Boyle and Hayden Hurst. So so I just think their offense needs retooling. And this offseason, Lamar Jackson, if he can get his throwing arm a lot better and be just overall more accurate, then he'll be back to the MVP level. I have no doubt about that. I think the people that say he's a running back is stupid. Um, he just he just needs to work on his passing game desperately. And he also does not have the, the best weapons to do so. All right, moving on to... The Eagles, Carson Wentz also continues to struggle, but in a lot worse of a way than Lamar Jackson. We, They need to get Carson Wentz out of Philadelphia. He has yet to throw for 300 yards this season, and typically so far this season, I've given him the benefit of the doubt with all the injuries, with the skill position players. You got Zach Ertz out, some some of some of their offensive linemen, Alshon Jeffrey, and he's throwing to dudes named Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham, who I never heard of before like week five of this season. So like, so like typically I would give him the benefit of the doubt, but not anymore. He is still turning the ball over like a madman. This season alone, he has 18 total turnovers. This, this is this is simply not the guy. They're also, like, I don't know why Philadelphia did this, but they're also in this weird limbo where they play Jalen Hurts for, like, one to two plays per game, and it's just a super predictable run play that anyone can stop. Like, I, it just really confuses me why, like, Jalen Hurts, like, just like, either use them or don't use them. Don't, like, just simp- I just simply don't use them for one play. That's not what you should do with a second rounder. That was just... That was, a, that was a pretty stupid pick. That's what that's that's what that is looking like right now. But Philadelphia is overall in a strange spot because they don't have a very good defense. Carson Wentz turns turn turns it over a lot. Um, their offense overall, with most like mostly by Carson Wentz, is not very good. But um. My opinion on the matter, I get I'm not an NFL coach or anything, but I would utilize Miles Sanders a lot more in the passing game. Cause because Miles Sanders yards yards per carry is overall insane. He didn't have a great game versus Cleveland, but if you look 
just beyond that game he averages like five to six yards per carry every game and it's fucking incredible and with his athleticism if they utilize him in the pass game just do a bunch of dump off throws like what Dak did with Zeke because Wentz does not have the arm he is not the guy he is too sloppy just do a bunch of dump off throws to Miles Sanders he should be one of the best pass catching backs in the league with his athleticism and just his shiftiness it's incredible but Carson Wentz has got to clean up the turnovers desperately but now it is his fifth season it's his fifth season I get back in like 2017 he 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 was an MVP candidate so I give him respect for that but on the other hand when he got hurt Nick Nick Foles came in and continued to win games with him so was that really the quarterback doing great or was the team around him and the coaching staff doing just this impeccable job. So this is most likely who he will be for the rest of his career. And um, that's, it's, it has turned out to be three, six and one. So I think, you know, that this is not your franchise guy. And I don't know if Jalen Hurts is either, to be honest. So yeah, but it's sad because they can still make the fucking playoffs. So yeah, without, let's get, Let's move on to some more playoff talk, and that is the New England Patriots, who I view are now out of the playoffs. With a loss to Houston this week, losing 27-20, I think the the Patriots' playoff chances are done. They're in a very competitive conference where, where both Baltimore and Miami, two very good teams, are not even in the are not even in the wild card. I don't think the Pats have the ability to go on a wild winning streak and make it. And the reason I even bring this up is because it is honestly kind of sad to me because I wanted to see the Patriots make it. I really, really wanted to see them make it. I get that everyone's tired of seeing it. I get that a lot of people want the Patriots to fail, but that's fucking corny to me. But just the Patriots making the playoffs with such little talent on the team with with losing so many players so many players making it almost purely off of coaching and their scheme with Cam Newton trying to prove something that sounds awesome make making the playoffs and having Bill Belichick have his little Darth Vader smile I'd fucking love that but being four and six, they would almost certainly have to win out and kind of hope that Miami and Baltimore, uh, you know, struggle from there. Hope, hopefully Bill Belichick can go to work this offseason because I love Bill Belichick. He, he is the greatest coach of all time. And it would be so cool to watch him take, take this team full of a bunch of names that I have never, I mean, full of. Full, full of most names I had never heard before. They had the most COVID opt-outs of the season. They they drafted a D2 safety with their first uh, draft pick, which they actually traded out of their first round, and they lost so many guys in free agency. To make the playoffs from there sounds awesome, but it it was unrealistic and now they're four and six and now it's just not gonna happen which is sad to me because i really wanted to see them make it but um yeah moving on to some more afc east talk let's 
let's talk about the Dolphins and the Dolphins showing some inconsistency after a five-game winning streak where we saw Tua come in about midway through the winning streak. The Dolphins finally show offensive inconsistency that I thought would happen a a lot earlier. Losing by seven to the Broncos, it most certainly was not the defense's fault, but the offense having Tua get sacked six times is a huge, huge, massive issue. And that's when they had to sub him out and put Ryan Fitzpatrick in to be like, hey, we can't get this guy hurt. The Dolphins have an incredible defense, and we all know that they have an incredible head coach in Brian Flores, but the offense needs a lot more work. The offensive line, I get that there are two rookies in there. They need another rookie. They need another wide receiver very bad because as Devontae Parker's cool, he can't be your only wide receiver. And I think they should target a pure running back even after Miles Miles Gaskin comes back. Because as I do like Miles Gaskin, he is a dual threat guy and he's not a great pure runner. So so if they can get a pure runner to play alongside him, that would be awesome. It was only a matter of time before their youth caught up to them. And it does seem like that was this game because Denver has a very well-coached defense. They have a pretty good defense. So so looking back at it, everyone knows that hindsight's 2020, but this would probably be one of the games that that would happen. And their defense and special teams could not will them to a win like they did versus the Rams. The Dolphins needed a win to be 7-3 and three and tied for the division. Um, the Bills would have that tiebreaker because they beat them in week one. But now they're on the outside looking in on the playoffs and thinking, shit, we need to win this division if, if we actually want to make the playoffs. So, so, so hopefully Tua and the offense can learn from this game as this is Tua's first major roadblock. Like even when he didn't play too well versus the Rams and faced a lot of pressure, he still had the defense and special teams to kind of bail him out. Plus, you know, he didn't play bad that game. He played great against the Cardinals, and now he faces a roadblock. He faces his first loss, so I'm excited to see how he overcomes it, or if he overcomes it, which I hope he does. Shit, he's on like his third or fourth start. I'd hope he overcame it. Um, but, I, but you know, I'm very excited to see it. Um, and I'm also excited to see how they build around Tua moving forward, going going into the offseason. So. Yeah, moving on to, let's talk about Taysom Hill and the Saints beating the Atlanta Falcons this weekend. After the Saints, I believe on Friday, it could have been Thursday, but shocked everyone calling Taysom Hill the, calling Taysom Hill the starter for the week. I was very intrigued on how the offense was going to work because, you know, we all presumed that Jameis was going to be the starter. Like, why else would you bring him in? But um, yeah, they put in Taysom Hill and Sean Payton being a fantastic coach. I think it was last season was calling Taysom Hill. He was like comparing him to Steve Young, which is very high praise for anyone, especially a guy who had only thrown it was 18 or 19 times going into this week. And um, he's mostly just been used as a Swiss Army, as that Swiss Army knife player in a lot of Wildcat formations. So I was excited to see what packages they would show 
And what better game to do it in than versus Atlanta? So yeah, how'd he play? Taysom Hill threw it very efficiently, going 18 for 23, throwing for 233 yards, but his rushing game is what ultimately put points on the board for the Saints. Taysom Hill rushed for rushed 10 times for 51 yards and two touchdowns. And actually also with the passing game, he actually utilized Michael Thomas, which is huge long-term for the Saints. This this is Thomas's first 100-yard game this season, and if um New Orleans wants to make a Super Bowl run, they need to get him going and hopefully Taysom Hill not 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 being a Drew Brees, not being a phenomenal thrower can kind of rely on Michael Thomas to to be there and hopefully that gets Michael Thomas going. I'd love to see it because I think this Saints team at full power is awesome to watch. So yeah, Taysom Hill looked very fun to watch and I do love how they used him. New Orleans plays Denver, Atlanta, then then Philadelphia because it's Drew Brees' timetable is to come back week 15 versus Kansas City. So 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 he can conti- so if he can continue this and him and Sean Payton can become more comfortable with each other as a Taysom Hill as Taysom Hill is the starter and you know hopefully they can get more creative with the play calling I would love to see it and I love seeing Taysom Hill just play fun football like it looks fun to watch and it looks fun to play so yeah Taysom Hill there are a lot of positives to this he can get Michael Thomas going and hopefully win a few games because his schedule's not hard at all moving on to a small subject can the Cowboys make the playoffs? After a win over Minnesota, Dallas is now 3-7 and seven and fighting for the NFC East. Currently, Philadelphia holds the number one spot at 3-6-1, but, but with a feasible quarterback and... But a physical... Hey, fuck. <laughs> Shit. But with Andy Dalton back, Dallas may be a playoff contender. Dallas plays a very important divisional game versus Washington this week, then a tough one versus Baltimore the the next week, but but luckily they will have more time to rest after after the Washington game since that will be on Thanksgiving. So, you know, so over these next two games versus very good defenses we will see if this team can take the worst division we have seen in a very, very long time. I personally think they can because the Eagles are very bad. So, I mean, it really is a toss-up in anyone's game. It is looking like Washington is the least likely to get it, though, but the Giants are also 3-7. and seven. The Eagles have the lead, and Dallas gets their quarterback back. Well, actually, their backup quarterback back. So, uh, yeah. I, I personally think that Dallas can make the playoffs. They will get shit on by whoever they play. I think the Cardinals have the seventh seed right now, and that's probably going to stay that way. So, you know, so you know they'll probably get shit on. But, yeah. Moving on to Green Bay. And let's question, are the Packers a great team? Because now 7-3, and three, after a huge loss to Indianapolis... I think it begs the question, is Green Bay great? 
When you have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, you'll be very good regardless. But will you be great? They hold the number two spot in the NFC playoff picture right now. But in three of the last four games, they have not looked impressive. We saw a loss versus Minnesota where their rushing defense got exposed into oblivion. They looked great when they murdered San Francisco on primetime TV, but you know, San Francisco had Nick Mullins throwing it to, I forgot who the wide receiver was, shit. But yeah, but yeah, it was Nick Mullins throwing it to a bunch of guys they picked off the street. They had a very close call versus Jacksonville, and then versus the Colts, they scored three second half points and blew a 14-point halftime lead. So... This team could really use that first and second rounder they spent on offensive guys that do not play that very often. That means no disrespect to Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon, but damn, they need some defense and they need some wide receiver depth. The Packers do not have a rough schedule or anything from here on out, so you know they should remain a top three team and the playoff race and with the saints the saints are currently number one at at eight and two like what if Taysom hill starts starts you know playing poorly that could very well happen like we've only seen seen one game versus atlanta so we don't truly know this this packers team can can get the number one seed it's very possible but they're but but their defense is scaring me, and their lack of offensive depth also scares me. Um, I would like to say, though, that Indianapolis played a phenomenal second half on offense. And, you know, Phillip Rivers looked great during that second half, which is something I don't say too often because he does play pretty, pretty, pretty inconsistent sometimes. But, you know, Indianapolis may be a great team, though. I guess we'll see with the power rankings on Wednesday because I have to do more research on them. Wow. I guess we'll see Wednesday because because uh, the NFL right now is basically like the it's, it's it's basically the clear cut, obvious top two teams. Then there's like this slew of 10 teams that it's just so confusing. It's so weird. But yeah, I mean. I digress. Moving on to the Chiefs overcoming the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday night football with a last minute drive. The Chiefs survived against the only team that has beaten them so far this season in the Las Vegas Raiders. Going into this week, I really thought that Las Vegas would win this game. I truly believed that, but Kansas City looked incredible on offense. Patrick Mahomes is somehow very quietly <coughs> excuse me is very quietly having another MVP season and the Chiefs are 9 and 1 playing potentially the best football in the NFL. You 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 can make the strong argument for it. Mahomes and the Chiefs played a game that basically whoever had the ball last would win and the Raiders gave them simply way too much time I don't know how much time I wish I had the number in front of me but I think it it was like a minute 40 maybe like a minute 30 
but that's simply way too much time when you've given up 28 points so far and you're playing the Chiefs. But but the Chiefs this game, I loved how they used their rushing game more. Uh, handing it off to Clyde Edwards-Elaire 14 times and and they handed it off seven times to 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 Le'Veon Bell. Some of some of the play calls that Kansas City makes um, reminds me of a few years back when the Warriors president it was his uh it was the Warriors president or GM I don't know what his job title is but he said that the Golden State Warriors were light years in front of the rest of the NBA and. The reason I bring it up because I think Kansas City just 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 on offense is light years ahead of the rest of the league. When Kansas City gets into the red zone, you have no clue what you have no clue what's about to happen because they can like they because uh, they do shovel passes with Travis Kelsey. They had that play against the Panthers where it had Patrick Mahomes do this wild rollout and they work. Kansas City is light years ahead of the rest of the NFL offensively, and Mahomes is the MVP so far. He is having another MVP season, and the Chiefs could very well be the best team in the NFL. You can make a strong, strong case for it. And and also, Las Vegas did look great as well. I'm loving what John Gruden is doing with the team. But they don't have the talent or the wits to beat Kansas City right now again. So yeah, but the uh, but yeah, the Raiders look great and they're currently in the playoffs. So I wish them the best of luck, uh, you know, moving forward. Speaking of wishing the best of luck moving forward, this will close out the podcast. Joe Burrow is out for the season devastating news to hear that Burrow tore his ACL in Sunday's matchup versus Washington. Burrow, in his rookie campaign, threw for 2,688 yards, 13 touchdowns, and 5 interceptions, and was a legit contender for Rookie of the Year. I I would have given it to him, like unless he just fall off I mean, excuse me, fell off of a cliff. I would have given him the rookie of the year. What he was doing was great. I'm wishing him the best of luck during his recovery. And I hope that this has no effect long term because he looks like the real deal. I truly think he is the real deal. And the Bengals, they need help across the board. They cannot afford to have this guy kind of be like injury prone and stuff. I hope he's not. I really hope he's not. That's going to do it for me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends. If you did not enjoy this podcast, share it with your friends. You made it to 27 minutes and 10 seconds. I'm like, you might as well just share it. Follow me on Twitter at Stuttering Prods. That's Stuttering P-R-O-D-S. And Instagram at That Guy Who Talks About The Sports. I hope you enjoyed and I hope you have a great day.